Genre. podcast where we review and discuss every episode of Doctor Who, one doctor at a time. I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And today on the show, we'll be discussing the keys of Marinus, the first doctor's sixth sixth story. <laughs> it's gonna, I, I have a feeling that's going to give us trouble all season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sixth it's story. It's weird Sixth story. We'll vocal. I'll, I'll have to teach you guys all my vocal warm-ups that I learned in school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so The Keys of Marinus, which is uh, written by... Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> written by Terry Nation, directed by John Gorey. Uh, this is... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a different kind of story. Um... <laughs> it's a very different guy. To I, yeah. I really want to hear everything you have about this. Okay, so so first of all, the the uh, the path to the keys of Marinus begins with uh, Malcolm Hulk, who was a writer uh, who worked on a science fiction series for ABC in the in 1960 and 1961 called Pathfinders, which was produced by uh, the. Uh, irreplaceable Sidney Newman. Um, and uh, Sidney Newman, having worked with Malcolm Hulk before, uh, sort of offered him uh, a role writing uh, for Doctor Who. And so uh, Malcolm Hulk pitched basically two stories. Um, one was uh, like, one was like a, like a historical thing, uh, which was about the departure of the Romans from Britain. Uh, and then the other one Great. was something called The Hidden Planet, uh, which was going to be a uh, what they were calling a sideways adventure. And it was going to be about a planet which orbited the sun diametrically opposite of the Earth, which is why we had never heard of this planet. <laughs> oh, that's just cool. <laughs> because we couldn't see it. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> so, so uh, on this uh, hidden planet, uh, it was going to be a mirror-mirror planet where uh, the mm. ruler was Barbara, an evil version of Barbara, um, ruler of the hidden planet. <laughs> and uh, it was going to feature, like, all of the characters, you know, playing, like, evil versions of themselves. Oh, my God. What? Yeah, something that was going to, obviously, uh, they would they would get around to doing eventually, but uh, it would be a couple of Doctors from now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so they, that was the, that was the plan. Um, but 
as it turned out, <laughs> um, Malcolm Hulk, uh, not a great Doctor Who writer. Uh, they were they got scripts back, and they just you know Barry Lambert and and David Whitaker were reading the scripts, and they were like these are these are terrible. Um, which, which really makes you wonder, um, because they, I mean, you know, I love this show to death, but there's some, there's some clunkers, uh, in, in these early episodes. So the idea of these being so bad that even Dr. Who wouldn't make them, uh, really, really makes me ask a lot of questions, um, about mm-hmm. what was so bad about them. But, uh, yeah, so he was turning in scripts and they weren't getting any better. And so eventually they just thought, well, okay, we're, let's, let's put this on the back burner and we'll get back around to it, uh, someday and we'll rewrite them or whatever. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll do it later. But right now we need a story because we are, we are working our way through production and we don't have anything right now. So, they went to uh, Terry Nation, who uh, is was sort of notable for having crazy ideas that he could write really, really, really fast. Um, and so they came to him and they were like, what do you got? And he's like, well, I do want to write this seven-part historical called The Red Fort about the Indian mutiny of 1857. And they're like... Oh, my God. <laughs> they're like, uh, okay, well, maybe, but not right now. What do you got that's, like, crazy, like the, like the Daleks? <laughs> and um, <laughs> here's, here's a big surprise. <clears throat> As it turns out, <clears throat> Terry Nation hated the Dalek story. Like, he hated it. Um, he hated... Uh, writing it, he hated everything about it, uh, which is really ironic considering he's like the Dalek guy. Like he's he's the Dalek's uh, number one fan. He's the biggest fan of himself um, <laughs> later on. But at the time, uh, he was very frustrated with those scripts and not happy with how they turned out and not happy with the characters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but they, the, he said one of the problems that he had with it was just writing a, a, a one lengthy story. He's like, I, I like these crazy ideas, but you know, it would be more fun if, and I would be able to write it faster if I could just do a bunch of mini stories. So he and David Whitaker sort of put their heads together and came up with this concept of the keys of Marinus. That would be a long story made up of several small stories um, and, uh, they, they, uh, basically, um, David Whitaker came up with the idea of the, uh, third, fourth and fifth, uh, stories and Terry nation, uh, came up with the concepts for the first, second, uh, and, uh, sixth story. Um, and, uh, but then wrote all of them, obviously, um, but uh, yeah, so he he started writing these things. Um, there's a couple of interesting bits here because <clears throat> one of the things that there was a there was a section in um, the first episode where the doctor and Susan <laughs> reveal what they were doing on Earth uh, in 1963, <clears throat> and um, the thing that Terry Nation came up with was that the doctor and and Susan came to Earth in 1963 so that the doctor could visit the BBC in order to get help repairing the color scanner on the TARDIS 
which was showing only a monochrome image. Uh, and the reason he had been in such a bad mood is because the BBC had been infernally secretive about their technology. That's so funny. <laughs> Um, so it's a it's a scene that was in the first episode, but they ended up cutting it for time. Uh, and, <laughs> and I, I think I think the world uh, the world is really missing out. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I would really like to see that. Um, the uh, the director John Gorey. Uh, this was the third thing he had ever directed. He had started work as an actor before becoming an assistant floor manager at the BBC, and then he took. Uh, the BBC's director's course in early 1963. Uh, he had worked on uh, a soap opera and an anthology series. And when Verity Lambert requested him for Doctor Who, he was reluctant to do it because he had sort of aspired to direct classics stuff. Um, he wanted to do <laughs> classic stuff like soap operas. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he eventually took the gig and uh, they they shot this story on um, in uh, six consecutive Fridays uh, because at this time they were still filming stories all in one day, um, filming episodes. So uh, everybody just came into work like w- once a week and filmed the story all in one day and then went home and That's came crazy. back a week later. Um, it's kind of, it, it's really, it is really crazy. And then especially considering here, they, uh, uh, Whitaker and, and, um, and Lambert decided that, uh, they wanted to give the four series regulars, uh, two week breaks throughout the remainder of the season, which I just like, okay, so they're just getting their only days working in a week off. I mean, I wish I could only work one day a week and then get two weeks of vacation. It's <laughs> crazy, uh, but yeah. So they gave they were they decided they were going to give every uh, every actor uh, two weeks off uh, for the rest of the the, the season, and uh, the first person up was William Hartnell. So that's why he is missing from episodes three and four. Uh, he went on vacation. Um, and let's see what else. Uh, there was a uh, uh, plagiarism uh, charge leveled at the Screaming Jungle. Uh, I believe that's part three. Um, and uh, it's because someone named uh, Robert Gould had uh, proposed a story, a Doctor Who story, where um, about a planet where plants treat people the way people on Earth treat plants. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, that's all he wrote. Yeah, and uh, he decided that that was uh, that was that was worth <laughs> going after the screaming jungle for plagiarism. Um, and uh, he lost. Um, <clears throat> and then finally, uh, Terry Nation, of course, uh, notably uh, having you know retained the rights for. Um, his uh his writing on doctor who he actually sold the movie rights for three of his serials the daleks the and the dalek invasion of earth both of which were turned into feature films uh and then as well as uh, the keys of marinus he also sold the movie rights to the keys of marinus uh but it was uh not turned into a film because apparently they did not realize that the keys of marinus did not feature the daleks 
Oh. They just <laughs> bought the story, being like, oh, you're the Dalek guy, right? <laughs> and then got the story and was like, the Daleks aren't in here. We just paid for nothing. <laughs> and uh, Terry Nation laughed all the way to the bank. Um, well, there's uh, there's no Daleks, but there there is some Vord. Yeah, there are. Um, I honestly, I I am uh, I'm very upset that there's not a feature film version of the Keys of Marinus. <laughs> <laughs> Would be oh spectacular. Um, anyway, yeah. So this story, um, <clears throat> it actually reminds me a little bit of uh, like I, for the longest time, I've been wanting. Um, Telltale Games to get the Doctor Who license to do a Doctor Who Telltale game series. Uh, and oh, that'd be cool. I know. And th- this that's what this story sort of reminds me of is a Telltale game because it's like every, every it's a continuation of one overall story, but each little story is is also its own little adventure and um, it mm-hmm. just reminds me of that kind of structure. Uh, but uh, I yeah, I like this story a lot. I think it's a lot of fun. And it is. It is fun. I was. It's. It's. It. It kind of feels like. Uh, it kind of feels like a role playing game. It kind of feels like like an art like a, like a like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. The Keys yeah. of Marinus, Part One, The Sea of Death, written by Terry Nation, directed by John Gorey, produced by Verity Lambert, script edited by David Whitaker, and poor poor Susan land on a strange and mysterious island where the beach is glass and the water is acid. Susan accidentally loses a shoe in the acidic ocean, which will not be the worst thing to happen to her in this story. She returns to the TARDIS to get a new shoe, unknowingly being followed by a mysterious creature in a rubber-like suit. Back on the beach, the others discover four glass submarines, one with a rubber suit inside, with a rip in one leg. The others surmise that whatever was wearing the rubber suit died when the ocean acid got into the suit. Back on the TARDIS, Susan follows a set of footprints to a looming tower. Inside the tower, Susan is attacked by the creature, but is saved by a revolving wall. The others have now gone to the tower to look for Susan, who is attacked by another rubber suit man, only for the rubber suit man to be stabbed in the back by a monk. Ian arrives to help the monk kill another rubber suit man, pushing the creature down a long shaft into a pool of acid, screaming the whole way down. The monk introduces himself as Arbitan and the rubber creatures they've all been murdering as the Vord. Arbitan is the keeper of the conscience of Marinus, a powerful and ancient computer created as a justice machine that kept order and carried out laws throughout the entire planet. For centuries, Marinus brought peace to the world, even eliminating evil thoughts, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. But a Vord called Yartek corrupted the ancient computer, so Arbitan had to upgrade the system. But to activate the Marinus again, five different keys that regulate the system must be found. And after sending all of his friends to die on a quest to retrieve the keys, he only has one. Arbitan begs the Doctor and his companions to roam the planet to find the five keys so that Marinus can restore order to their world. The Doctor decides not to do it, but when the party returns to the TARDIS, they find that there is a force field around it. Arbitan has blocked them out until they find the keys. He even gives them preset travel dials so that the adventure doesn't take the next 18 months. Arbitan is killed by Avrud and the group teleports, with Barbara going first. 
When the others arrive, they find Barbara is gone, but her bloodstained teleporter lies on the ground. Uh, <clears throat> so, episode one, uh, The Sea of Death. <laughs> <laughs> One of the titles are also I know, great. I love oh yeah, all, no, they're, they're all so melodramatic. Yes, the screaming jungle. <laughs> uh, so the Sea of Death, which is, uh, is in reference to the Sea of Acid uh, that they land <laughs> next to. Which, by the way, this thing starts with that with that miniature shot, and it is just. It is just I I have never seen a miniature more obviously be a miniature. I mean, they don't even try to hide that it's a oh, miniature. It's At one so, point, they sh- it's so like charming. <laughs> yeah, I love it. no, it is. There's at one point they show because um, like the the TARDIS, you know, uh, appearing on the on the shore of this island um, is is one thing. That's that is a, a miniature, and it is very charming mm-hmm. and, and silly, but. Um, the, the one that really stuck out to me was the, the miniature shot of the coastline yeah. <laughs> where it's literally just like, it's obviously just like a cup of water. Like it's, <laughs> it's hysterical. Oh man. It's the best. Um, the, uh, uh, yeah, th- this whole, this whole story, this whole first episode, like for the first half of it, it's literally just Susan wanting to go for a swim and everyone telling her no. <laughs> and then when she says, you know what, I'm just going to dip my toes in. They realize that it's made of acid. <laughs> yeah. Like her shoe falls in and just, uh, just immediate danger. Yeah. Oh, uh, Susan. <laughs> Yeah, Susan really goes. Susan literally has to take a standing nap in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) This is a big day for her. Yeah. Um, The uh, I I, you know one of my favorite things about Classic Who is when a new tech technology comes out in in the real world, uh, and it's it's still new, so it's like unrecognizable perhaps to some people um, much like uh, the bubble wrap monsters in uh, <laughs> in Ark in Space mm-hmm. um, they'll use that new technology to create a monster and uh, here we have it with uh, uh, scuba gear um, <laughs> scuba gear monsters with- yeah I, I, I spend a little bit of time having to tell my like okay or is that like when they find the scuba suit are they like oh we found a scuba suit or but then they were like oh no it's the creature's skin it's its skin and like okay it's it's a monster (laughs) i just i love that it's just walking it's so and they're like so dramatic like look at this creepy thing look at his flipper feet (laughs) and it's like yeah those you you use those to swim better (laughs) underwater like you (laughs) Look at the work we put in. Like, don't show us. We know it's a scuba suit. Don't focus on it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I like their little Batman uh, masks. Or I don't know if that's yes. on their head. But the silhouette is kind of creepy with the, the fins and the pointy ears. It's it's like, it's it's kind of, um, it's sort of Egyptian looking, you know? Mm. Uh, like, a, like, an, like, they look like, like an Egyptian god, you know? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's it, it's a cool. It is a cool design. I do really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the uh, they eventually they go to that um, the uh, what uh, well, I don't know what you call it a temple. What is that thing? Is that a temple? I guess. Yeah, I call that a temple. Yeah. All right. So they go to the temple, and uh, there's there's just a bunch of holes in the temple that lead to the acid water, so you can conveniently push people in. Um, <laughs> Yeah. There's that there's that great shot of him pushing that guy in yes. to the to the hole and, and it's just like it's just like a stiff little action figure <laughs> falling down a hole and screaming. Um, ah! it looks like, yeah, exactly. It kinda it kinda looked like those um those army toys you would get where the parachute would be wrapped up. Yes. Like throw it like you could throw it off the stairs. Yeah. Totally. Hundred percent. If if, the, if television used Wilhelm screams, that would be the Wilhelm scream shot. Yep. <laughs> yep. I would. I would or, argue. Or the old school. Goofy. Yes. I I would like. Uh, I would. I would like us to start using uh, the Marinus scream, um, and uh, use that in uh, all. The Marinus TV scream things. sounds like like a. Uh, like a Mars Volta song or like a, or like an MGMT song. Oh, it does. The Marinus scream. It also just sounds like a hardcore band. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those. Are you arranged? It's a good side. What Susan listens to when she's like, in her <laughs> and she, she listens to that, but then she like, she like dances like the way that she does. Like just for like, sure. Yeah. Subtly. Nothing about her. Her character is different. It's just that's what she listens to. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you think from the outside, it looks like she's listening to the Beatles or something, but really she's listening to, like, post-hardcore music. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, like Black Flag. <laughs> Cass, I haven't seen that Netflix show where where the panda oh listens to God, death metal. Oh, my God, it's so funny. Is that, is that kind of what we're yeah, talking about? <laughs> okay. Cool. I just, I've seen that. I've seen it on the thing to where it's like, hey, we made this now too, and I just haven't, I haven't gotten to. It. I've heard. <laughs> it. Um. So, so they uh, they meet this guy, and he's like, I need these keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, will you go get them for me? And they all think about it, and it fades out, and it fades back in. Oh and my it, god, that was so great! And yeah. it fades back in, and they're just like, well, too bad about not helping that guy. <laughs> we just please, left like, him. Please, all of my friends went to go do it one at a time, and they're dead. I need someone to. And it just fades out, and. It's yeah. Ian's like, boy, it sure would have been nice if we had helped them. Eh? <laughs> like, no, get back to the ship. I just, I love it. I they love don't want to show it. them I turning him down. They just are showing the <laughs> aftermath. Already, like halfway to the TARDIS. Yeah, uh, uh, I love, I love this crew. A lot. <laughs> uh, so they, he forces them to do it by uh, putting a force field around the TARDIS. And he's like, uh, you're going to use these little uh, watch teleporter things and you're going to go collect all the keys. Again, like it's like a video game. It's like and you can use this to go back and forth to the map to different mm-hmm. levels. Using yeah. The watch. Yeah. That's yeah. That's why that's why it made me think of like Telltale Games for whatever reason. Um, right. Like, yeah, like yeah, I just I, imagine but... like even the, even the moment where he's like, please help me. Like, I just imagine <laughs> yeah. like the option coming up where it's just like help him. Don't help him. (laughs) And it's like, but either way, you're helping him. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, the game's like giving you a fake choice. Right. Yeah. No, totally. (laughs) Yeah. 
Or like I, I, I kept maybe because I'm just playing a lot of D and D right now in my life. I just kept imagining like a DM, yeah. you know, being like, "Oh, the man," you know, like, "Oh, and there's it, 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 it's 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 a scuba mask." Just by imagining, it's like a scuba mask. <laughs> yeah, Marinus will remember that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so much of the Doctor is getting this group of people on your side mm-hmm. in a new adventure, especially like ten. Yeah. Be great. Yeah, no, I know that's that would be the first thing that I would do if I ever got a meeting with Telltale. I was like, you guys need to get the Doctor Who license. You yeah. need to let me write that game. Um, and imagine like every every couple of years, you could be like, which one are we doing next, guys? We yeah, can do any freaking era of the show. I know that's like, that like would be the most exciting part is that you would get to do old school Doctors, but you would be able to write them in like a more sort of modern mm-hmm. way and get people to learn and appreciate the old Doctors yeah. a little bit. Like we so. could have, yeah, we could just do like a, if you say, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, if they're doing Stranger Things. Yeah. Nothing against Stranger Things. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a weird Netflix Telltale game. That's where like you play it on Netflix. Oh. Oh, that that just made my brain what? snap a little bit. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a new thing they're doing. They're starting it with the oh. Minecraft uh, Telltale game oh. that they made. Um and it's it's like premiering on Netflix in the fall, and you you play it on Netflix. You play the game on. Orange is the new black would be an amazing Telltale game. <laughs> <laughs> my God! Oh my God! You need new sandals. <laughs> Kill this woman for them. <laughs> oh my God! Uh oh, V's starting her own garden. <laughs> I'd have to make a shame. Oh man. Uh, you like design your own inmate? <laughs> well, they don't do that. Telltale doesn't do that. Oh, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. It would just be like a new. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Uh... <laughs> the Keys of Marinus Part 2. The Velvet Web. Written by Terry Nation. Directed by John Gorey. Produced by Verity Lambert. Script edited by David Whitaker. Air date, April 11th, 1964. The Doctor, Ian, and Susan find Barbara lounging about in luxury in a royal chamber, her every need tended to by a court of servants. One of those servants is named Altos, who tells the others that here in Morphiton, anything they could ever wish for can come true. Susan asks for a new dress, the Doctor asks for a special laboratory with state-of-the-art equipment, and Ian just doesn't want to pay for anything when this ends up biting everyone in the ass. The group likes it on Morphiton and enjoy their granted wishes, but at night a slave girl named Sibetha places a small disc on the heads of the doctor and his companions. Barbara's small disc falls off, and when she wakes she sees Morphiton for what it truly is, super sketchy. After failing to convince the others about the truth, Barbara is carried away by Altos but escapes and finds Sibetha. Who Barbara, de- who Barbara deduces is the daughter of Arbitan when she sees the key hanging from her neck. In truth, the four brains of Morphiton, who live in life support jars and rule over the planet with hypnotic control, including the Doctor, Ian, and Susan. Under their control, Ian takes Barbara to the four brains, who force Ian to strangle her. Barbara, now on a proper tear, breaks free of Ian and smashes the four brains to death, freeing Morphiton of their control. Altos remembers that he was sent here by Arbitan to find the keys too, so he joins the others on their quest. Everyone splits up. 
the doctor decides to skip to the end and look for the final key in the city of Melanis. While everyone goes to the next destination on their dials, as Susan tearfully waves goodbye to her beloved grandfather, she hears a horrible, piercing screaming. Uh, so, uh, episode two starts our uh, collection of the keys adventure in the Velvet <laughs> Web. Yeah, this one, I think this one might be my favorite story because it's just, it's just, I, I it's, just, I, it, I, I feel like, I, I don't know why, but um, it doesn't really make any sense because it's not really that. But for some reason, like I just, during this whole story, I just kept, I just kept like, wa- like seeing that the, the butterfly meme and just like, is this gaslighting? Like, <laughs> <laughs> This whole story. Oh my god! Uh, it reminds me of a... uh, Macra Terror, but of course this one. Oh yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Instead of creepy crabs, yeah. it's creepy brains and jars, which is like way cooler. Oh yeah, brains yeah. with ten with little tentacle legs and eye stalks. They look like Gary the Snail from SpongeBob, yes. but like brains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They do. I. <laughs> Yeah, so we should go. Yeah, we should go in and have make those noises. Um, I I didn't say I, I forgot to mention this last time, but I think it's still just from uh, when I was watching this. I try not to look up at anything until I'm done watching it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really thought for this episode and episode one and episode two that this was the this was the great intelligence. Oh. Oh. I was like, "Oh, is this the great intelligence?" Because they were talking about like this AI that's really mm. smart, and they're like worshiping it, and mm. it, and then like these these morphos morphed in morphed into morpho. <laughs> uh, I, I I thought we were like this was their the genesis of the great intelligence for a little bit. Just a fun little fact about not not quite yet, about. not quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I yeah this this whole thing. So they show up at this place. And Barbara, Barbara gets lost and then they find her and she's like in a new dress and she's eating grapes and, and then they bring out like more food and it's all like this, you know, big delicious meals and everyone is like chowing down on the food. And I love Ian that Ian reacts to it really well. Yeah, I know. That's what I was going to say. It's like, oh, I, I'm so sorry. I, I love, I love that Ian is just like, I'm not eating that because I don't know how much this is costing <laughs> everybody. He's very pragmatic. You've changed, Barbara. <laughs> Just he's oh oh here he comes with the bill I told you guys and I and I love that the the idea would just be like if they did show up with the bill they'd be he would just be like I didn't need to eat anything so I owe you nothing I'm not helping them I got water yeah you guys can wash the dishes to pay your bill I don't hear none of this split at fifty percent bullshit I'm sorry. Love, he's the friend I, that uh, instead of like splitting it evenly, if you go out to dinner with him, he will like calculate how much everyone owes to like the penny. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he pulls yeah. out a pen. He pulls out like a pen and he writes on the back of the receipt. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. 100%. Uh yeah, so so Ian doesn't want to pay for the food, so he's not eating it. Uh and then Barbara Barbara takes a little nappy nap. Um, and, uh, she gets a thing stuck on her head by someone. And when she wakes up, she sees this place for what it really is, which is like, everything is everything. Like, it's just, it's just a, 
empty building, yeah, like it's an like empty the mall from Gone Girl. Yeah, it's like an empty, rundown building, and the like the dress that that uh, that Susan asked them to make for her is oh, actually Susan just rags. Was like, Can I have a dress, please? And it's like, oh, keep going. Yeah, yeah, it's just rags now, and she's like clutching it like it's beautiful. And, <laughs> oh, um, they're they're like she's, they're kind of like Barbara, you're going crazy, and 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 offering to help susan's like look at my dress barbara this is real and she's like it's rags i know she like throws <laughs> it's dirty it. rags <laughs> you idiot you're all fools barbara just like i love it i love I, barbara in this episode. i will say uh it is weird seeing a doctor who when someone point when when, when a character is wholly convinced of that like something is wrong that the doctor's just like, bah, this silly twit. Like, <laughs> like the doctor is always the first one to be like, well, hold on. Let's hear them out, mm-hmm. usually. Um, but the yeah, first doctor like the just one, does not the care. One friend you have. You know? <clears throat> right, right. I'm like, ah, oh, there's got to be a reason for why they're acting yeah. like this. And Well, because the – so the man – have we ever gotten to the man yet? The guy who's like, hey, everybody, I, yeah. welcome to the place. Right. <laughs> what is his name? Um, I don't remember. But I don't know. He's, he's – he, he reminds, he, me of, like, he, he reminds me of, like, a really young Vincent Price, oh, oh, like, the way that um, he yeah. talks. The, yeah, Altos. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. He, he, he was like, yeah, and this, this magical place will give you anything you want. And Susan was like, new clothes, please. And the doctor was like, oh, a, a laboratory with every, every scientific tool known to the universe. And it works. <laughs> yeah. The doctor eats it. Oh my god, I I love that scene because it's just the doctor and Ian walking into an empty room and talking about how amazing the technology is. They're kind of doing an acting exercise. Yeah, no, it's 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 improv world. They're living on improv yeah. world. <laughs> mm, and this this coffee mug is a is a translation or conflux chapron tron. <laughs> Yes, like, and over there friend. is my new dog friend. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 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 great, but every time every time that guy talked, uh, I I kept I kept thinking I was listening to the to the breakdown in uh, Thriller, like right. it just <laughs> from Stranger Things. Oh yeah, yeah, right from Stranger Things. Um, oh, you know, you you brought up that could explain why the doctor was so flippant with Barbara as he was under the uh, the the influence of uh, the Morphos. Mm-hmm. Oh well, yeah, obviously, but it just okay. it just it, it was weird. Yeah, no, it's just weird because mm-hmm. that usually doesn't happen. You know, usually yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. doctor is the one who's like. Uh, on that person's side, like they're only. Friend. He hasn't gotten to that point in his character yet. Yeah, I guess not. Um, so yeah, that empty laboratory scene is just the greatest thing. Uh, but uh, uh, Barbara goes on the run and uh, basically it leads to her uh, being in the room with the the brainy eye stock guys, and she just starts smashing up glasses, and they're all screaming. Mm-hmm. Um. And then everybody oh, yeah. snaps Barbara out of it. Just, Barbara just snaps. <laughs> yeah, she just goes nuts. And then it Ian's, was so satisfying. And then Ian snaps out of it, and he's just like, "Well, this place is a dump." <laughs> like it's, I knew it. <laughs> oh, it's but yeah. Great. But there was something like viscerally satisfying about Barbara just 
really taken it to these morphos and like they're just like screaming mm-hmm. the whole time just beating out of the just beating the crap out of these rubber props but they they yeah but they obviously only set one of the <laughs> one of the glass containers that they're in to break uh properly because she's swinging around but like the other, she's not hitting the other three yeah. guys <laughs> She smashes the first one, and then every other no, one, she just, like, swinging her thing, her stick around and not hitting any of them, but they're screaming anyway. She's focusing on me. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Um, yeah. No, that's a really good one. I like that one a lot. Uh, it was, uh, it's really cool. And that, that POV shot, like, that's not something you see a lot in uh, old stuff mm-hmm. like this. No, no. It, it it keeps moving, this whole story. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so the third one, The Screaming Jungle. Uh, Susan is hearing things, evil things. <sighs> you would think that uh, they learned Susan. from the last episode not to go on ahead before everyone else turned their little travel watch <laughs> things, because... I don't think they were doing uh, that yet. Because, uh, like... Like, learning yeah, from stuff. Fair. I you know I this this episode um really pointed something out that I don't I don't know that I've ever really uh I don't know uh, figured out while watching like figured out what my what my what I find so strange about Susan as a character on this mm-hmm. show um it's that she's really terrible at being an adventurer <laughs> despite being one like she's she's terrified of everything like she's constantly like squealing and screaming she's an in, and she's an inside kid that is forced constantly forced to go outside yeah and i and i almost wonder if uh, like the way that susan reacts to things i wonder if you could i mean I, I i mean i think you could i think you could you know sort of retcon the idea that like because susan is the way she is the doctor <laughs> only looks for the opposite in companions oh, no. <laughs> He's like, well, if I had to pick. Yeah. Oh, that you know, that person's can... very outgoing and doesn't seem scared of anything. <laughs> that means that I, I really would love if a companion were to ever kind of have a, a, a Susan-like disposition again. Yeah. And just because she's, I don't know, man. I really, I really find myself rooting for her as she makes her way through this jungle screaming deep evils into her brain. <laughs> I think like, ah. we're... I think we're overdue for uh, a companion who doesn't want to be a companion and, and mm-hmm. the doctor doesn't want them there. They're just stuck together somehow. Um, I think we're we're overdue for that kind of companion, to be honest. I mean, there's like eight coming up, so one of them <laughs> got to not want to be there. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't, uh, I don't know if Susan is written particularly well in this story. Yeah. Because I really like, I, I want to like Susan, but stuff like well this. yeah and it's a shame that in 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 this one she's a little bit uh what was her name penelope peril or what was like what, what was that cartoon character the character <laughs> <laughs> was the i don't know she's kind of yeah she's a damsel in distress. i mean yeah oh it, like it, the dudley is it the dudley do right lady yeah the dudley yeah. do right lady i think that's right penelope peril i think penelope right. pitstop penelope pitstop that's who but that's not george of the jungle lady who truly cares who right. the keys of marinus <laughs> part three the Screaming Jungle, written by Terry Nation, directed by John Gorey, produced by Verity Lambert, script edited by David Whitaker, 
Air date, April 25th, 1964. Susan finds herself in a dense, screaming jungle, driving her to the brink of madness. Ian, Altos, and Sabatha discover a temple in the jungle and look for a way inside. Barbara finds a passage inside the temple that leads to a statue, with the second key of Marinus on top of it. But when Barbara reaches for the key, the statue grabs her and the wall reverses. When the others find the key, Sabatha notices that it's a fake, but Ian tries to recreate Barbara's movements anyway in the hopes of finding her. Ian finds Barbara in a hallway that's been booby-trapped and filled with different dangers and threats. The two are saved from this funhouse of horrors by Darius, another missing friend of Arbitan. Before dying of sheer oldness, Darius gives Ian and Barbara the code DE302 and directs them to a hidden lab. As they search the lab for clues, the temple becomes overrun with the vegetation from the screaming jungle. Just as the aggressive flora takes over the lab, Ian and Barbara find a jar labeled DE302, grab it, and teleport to their next destination, which is immediately freezing cold. Uh, so the the screaming uh, the screaming jungle that uh, Susan is hearing, I just I think it's hilarious. Like I'm listening to this, I'm like, you you guys, you just took the TARDIS sound and you just overlapped it with itself. <laughs> like it's literally just the TARDIS sound, like <laughs> doing like a row 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 your boat kind of thing where. <laughs> It's just, you know, it starts and then another one starts and another one starts and it sounds like a different sound, but that's what it is. It's just the TARDIS, um, which I thought was funny. Thought we wouldn't notice. Yeah. Um, Barbara gets stuck in a net trap. That's fun. Yes. <laughs> she's, she's having a real... She's up, she's down. Yeah. I know, poor Barbara. I love this Indiana Jones style one with, like, living plants and... Yeah, booby trapped. Yeah, like, yeah, they really do feel like levels. You, I remember the, I remember this story like levels. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Ian is a history teacher, right? He's a chemistry teacher. Oh, he's a chemistry teacher. Okay, and, uh, she. Barbara's the history teacher. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, okay. That's 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 fair then. Because yeah, it just. It took him a long time to realize that, like, it's a it's a chemical. I know symbol. I'm like you're. You don't know that. We, he never said he was good at his job. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Just I just imagine him like whispering H two O. He's like H two O. What could that possibly mean? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. He's some kind of science teacher, so I don't remember if it's chemistry or bio or whatever. Like yeah. Christian well, it's science. a high school science. Christian you might science. just be like just science. Yeah. I'm a Christian science doctor, <laughs> doctor. <laughs> when are we going to back and meeting the people who rode the dinosaurs? <laughs> um, yeah, the jungle attacks while they're uh, trying to find mm-hmm. this uh, the place for the key. Uh, and I love, I love that there's a, <laughs> I love that there's a vault that they just, like a safe that they just, it's just there and it just, a way of burning time, <laughs> just like burning through time in the story. <laughs> them just, we literally watched them for like five minutes, just like trying different combinations on the, 
on the safe. Oh man! But yeah, the jungle I, attacks, and then they find the they find the key inside the the dirt. Uh, in the, I don't know the chemistry. The <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it is, right? It's just like dirt in a jar. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, there's the key. He hid it in a dirt dirt in a jar. Great. It's like the second pirates <laughs> movie. You roll for perception. <laughs> And you notice that the jar of dirt had a key in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how I would describe the second Pirates movie. A bunch of dirt in a jar. Um, <laughs> and that's one of the better ones. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> well, at least there's a key in that one. Uh mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not what was in the jar. Oh, yeah, there was a key. Yeah, hidden in his weird beard of noodles and tentacles. <laughs> Solid. Um. Oh, um, shout out to Ian being the only one wearing his um, sweet wardrobe from Marco Polo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's right. He just, he looks like one of those, like, weird, like, bachelor guys in the 80s who, like, wear all the Asian, like, the, all the Asian-influenced clothes I've and stuff. Been, I went there on work. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's just, like, a sad white guy who's, like, I, I know karate and, like, just has, like, nunchucks. I love that he's the only one and it looks like loungewear compared to everybody else. Yes. So good. Ah. <sighs> God, I would I would kill to see Ian fling some nunchucks around. <laughs> be amazing. I, really, I also really dug uh, I dug Susan's. I was cause maybe because this was the first one time. Like you know, Marco Polo was so long ago, and it was a reconstruction. So it was cool just watching these characters just move and talk at the same time again. Yeah, and I was <laughs> I was a I was like oh I really like I really like Susan's outfit. It's just kind of like. That'd be a cool thing to do in like a paper man, like again, like a telltale kind of way to update. And then I was like, does her look kind of, is it, I was getting kind of Clara vibes. And I was oh. like, I wonder if that was like conscious at all. I don't know. They both kind of have like that mod. I mean, granted it was that era just, you know, normal for her for Susan, but yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. who knows. Um, all right. Well, I think that's it for this one. Uh, we got we got three more, but we're going to talk about those next week. It's the best is yet to come. <laughs> I it's it's weird listening to all of this and n- thinking about how little it comes back to the like what it, what happens next. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week with uh, the rest of Keys of Marinus, and uh, till then. I don't know. Follow us on Twitter. Join the Facebook group. Uh, all that stuff. Go check out our Patreon page. We lowered our uh, our, our base tier. It's only three dollars a month yeah. to uh, to uh, get all of the bonus content we put up on Patreon. So uh, join us over there, and and uh, you know you can go back and listen to our episodes where we <laughs> where we talked about class. Oh God! <laughs> oh yeah, that feels That's like a lifetime back. ago. Yeah, it's coming back on on uh, Big Finish. We will not be talking about it. Um, With Perry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying we should talk about it. I'm just letting them know that Perry's yeah. going to be in it. Pa- Perry? No, Ace. 
It's Ace. Ace, my bad. Yeah. Ace, the bazooka girl. It's all right. <laughs> we know you tried, Nick. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's that. Uh, we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.